0: A cigarette may look like a simple roll of paper with some stuffing inside, but it is no simple thing at all. It is a mixture of tobacco and several other chemicals, each added in a specific quantity as part of a meticulous process, all so that it can come together in a deadly combination that has devastating effects. The way forward around the problem of tobacco consumption is much like this. Deceptively simple upon first glance but deeply layered and full of difficulties in reality. Hi there, you're listening to Unviral, the podcast where we tackle that dangerous combination of the two kinds of virality, misinformation about health. I'm Parvati Mohan, Production Lead at Factly, and this episode is Part 2 of 2 on Tobacco Usage. In the first part, we spoke about the several negative impacts tobacco has and about the myths around its usage peddled by the tobacco industry and users around the globe. Let us now zoom in and look at two facts. 1. Tobacco is an extremely harmful substance. 2. There is widespread consumption of this harmful substance in India. Keeping these facts in mind, one may be tempted to say that the health ministry should ban tobacco sale and consumption. Dr Sonu Goel is Professor in the Department of Community Medicine and School of Public Health at the Postgraduate Institute of Medical Education and Research Chandigarh and has over 18 years of experience in the field of public health. He tells us why a blanket ban on tobacco is much easier said than done in India.
1: So tobacco industry are the organization or the people who are involved in tobacco production starting from production to consumption. So entire cycle. These are the biggest challenges to any tobacco control initiative which is happening in the country because they try to delay the law, the effective implementation of the law. They try to dilute the law by meeting with the opinion leaders and putting their front that tobacco smoking is the right of a person. So whenever whenever people used to ask us, why not government ban tobacco? The problem is, the banning of tobacco is not in hands of the health ministry. There are 13 ministries which are involved in tobacco control. Right from agricultural ministry to taxation, to customs, to education, to excise and taxation. So finance ministry. So many ministries are involved into it. So we need to take Everybody into account, and everybody. Some of the ministries are uh, like gaining taxes. So we need to advocate for every ministries that uh, tobacco control is a is must. So that is why it is the biggest challenge that uh, health department is a very minuscule part of tobacco control.
0: Seeing as India has a huge tobacco problem, it is relevant to look into the law that regulates its sale in the country. Joining me now to talk about this is Nandita Kalidos, the Factly Matter, formerly Facebook health fellow. What is the law around tobacco sale and consumption in India and what are the issues it fails to address, Nandita?
2: See, uh, first off, let's understand why the legal aspect is even important here. So, the legislation is recognised as the critical driver for meaningful progress in tobacco control. By that, I mean to say that these laws aim to regulate the manufacture, distribution and marketing of the tobacco products as such. The Tobacco Control Law, the COTPA that I have discussed in earlier, and the National Tobacco Control Program, the NTCP, are the key tobacco control measures in India. But they are not fully compliant to the WHO, FCTC and the m model that we had earlier discussed. So, in the Indian context, Kotpa Act has the most legal bearing given that this act places restrictions on smoking, sale, promotion or advertising, packaging of tobacco products, among other things. However, there are certain loopholes in the way the act has been implemented. For instance, Section 4 of the Act completely bans smoking in public places. And as we know, this is way far from our reality right now Even say something like hotels and airports continue to allow a designated spot at their premises Despite a ban on advertising as under Section 5 of the Act Tobacco advertisements and products are prominently displayed in stores and at kiosks Even celebrities continue to endorse tobacco-related products indirectly through surrogate advertising So according to a new report titled Tobacco Control Law in India, Origins and Proposed Reform this was released by the National Law School of India, there are glaring gaps in the existing tobacco control legislation. For instance, the existing penalties under the COTPA 2003 Act are not sufficient and the sale of single-stick cigarettes and other loose tobacco products is pretty much a norm in India. Emission yields which are mentioned on cigarette packets often give a misleading impression which makes it ineffective for regulating tobacco consumption and exposure to secondhand or s- passive smoking in India. And as mentioned earlier, it is largely at a standoff with the cultural and regional norms and practices
0: in India. Right. And what about non-governmental organisations? I imagine that there must be a few operating in this area. Have you come across any cases of an NGO intervention having positive effects in terms of increasing awareness about the effects of tobacco among the population?
2: Uh, One of the biggest implementation challenges of Empower under the FCTC framework is the lack of technical and financial support in the Indian context. Now, let me tell you a curious case study of Himachal Pradesh, where in this hilly region, the focus was more on, say, communicable diseases. However, the National Family Health Survey 3, the NFHS uh, 2005-06, showed that the smoking prevalence in the state Was more than the country's average, which was at 32.7%, and the state of Himachal was at 33.2%. And also, according to the Global Adult Tobacco Survey, the GATS 1, it also showed the prevalence of current male smokers, which was at 33.4%, more than the national average, which was 24.3%. And this was also in the context with higher passive smoking exposure, that is, secondhand smoke exposure of about 82.5% at homes. So, this required a strategic partnership between the local NGO called the Himachal Pradesh Voluntary Health Association and the state health department. Under the guidance of international NGO, the International Union Against TB and Lung Diseases, New Delhi, these stakeholders developed a multi-sectoral action plan with innovative strategies for effective implementation of empower in the state. So, for this, they held multiple rounds of consultative meetings with the key officials in various departments, including excise, taxation, education, rural development, Panchayati Raj, health officials, media, NGOs, and among other stakeholders, to develop an action plan for the implementation of the tobacco control laws, Uh, and all this to implement the Empower package uh, in the best possible way. For this, they ended up conducting workshops at the state capital for, you know, to sensitize the government administration at the first level and then how, uh, what kind of messaging has to be prevailing and uh, how the media should be covering. So they have pretty much covered all aspects of the anti tobacco control uh, campaign. And uh, subsequently, this was launched and it was pretty much highlighted in. every media channel and medium. Essentially, flying squads were comprised with officers from key departments such as health, police, excise, taxation, food and drug administration, among other, depart- among other key departments. And uh, these flying squads ensured that fines were imposed and collected by the violators. Periodic searches were happening in different places and sh- seizure of tobacco products were happening across the state. Uh, One of the things that stood out in this campaign is that they utilized this collected fines in turn to create IEC, that is the information, education and communication material. Uh, They conducted sensitization programs. They invested these uh, fines from the violators in capacity building, transport of the flying Squads and uh, essentially to empower all the anti tobacco activities and for the success of the anti tobacco campaign as such. And also, no smoke signages were displayed in all public areas, and more than 5,000 persons were fined for violating tobacco control laws in the city during the campaign. So, all in all, these activities were highlighted in the media for widespread publicity. And within one year,
0: the tables have turned, and the capital city, Shimla, was declared a smoke free city. Well, that is an interesting case study. So, along the same lines, if we are to look beyond the government's efforts alone at restricting tobacco usage and turn instead towards what we can all do as members of civil society, what would we need to keep in mind? Dr. Goel outlines a few important pointers.
1: It's an addiction and even even graver addiction than heroin, which uh, I think uh, uh, people think that it is the biggest addiction, but... Tobacco use is one of the biggest addiction and uh, the statistic shows that if you don't do anything then 5% people out of 105 people leave smoking. But if you do counselling, so it is around 15 to 20%. And if we further do like pharmacotherapy, like if you give uh, uh, besides counselling, if you give them drugs, uh like uh, bupropion and all those drugs which are being used nicotrex, nicotrex and all those things they don't go beyond 25 to 30 percent so that means despite best of the counseling we may not be ach- we not, may not be achieving the target of 100 uh, percent quitting among people who are using the tobacco so that means that the stopping initiation is more important than cessation and again that means That uh, we need to focus more on the school children, the youth uh, so that they don't initiate smoke till they attain 24-25 years of age. That is number one. Second is uh, we can't leave people who are actually smoker or tobacco user. So then we need to have some cessation techniques. I think uh, we keep on counseling. We, We don't lose hope because this is the toughest thing which we do. And normally I'll just quote my example. Whenever I go for any uh, tour or anything, official tour or personal tour uh, or whenever I see a person who has been constant touch with me and he or she is a smoker, I normally keep uh, some images in my phone and I always ask a question to him or her that how much money you spend on the cigarettes, especially the person who is a driver or who accompanies. Then he or she calculates or if he is not able to calculate, I calculate it for him. Then Then normally it comes out to be almost like 50 to 60% of the salary which he or she is actually uh, earning. Then I tell her or him that uh, now you are smoking and uh, you are damaging your lungs, your kidney. And I showed some images which is there in my phone. And then who will take care of your family after you die? Because these people... Normally die, 50% of all tobacco users die. So I always say these sort of thing over a period of time. So I have seen those results. I have seen the results that people have quit smoking and I keep on following those numbers. I usually save in my phone and I keep on following these people that have you still, are you in the quit phase? So it's not that difficult, but not that easy. The only thing is one need to be committed. One need to be committed. You just need to find out that point where you need to strike whether it is the family whether its own health whether it is uh, like physical features so all these things we need to strike the point.
0: messaging matters one of the main things that helped india win the battle against polio was a strong media campaign even vis-a-vis tobacco Smoking cigarettes came to be associated with status and a kind of coolness because of advertisements and movie characters who were shown blowing smoke rings in the air nonchalantly. Clearly then, the campaign against tobacco consumption also needs to be carried out with equal if not more gusto. Dr. Goel shares his inputs on this as someone who has spent a long time working against tobacco usage. Uh,
1: The first thing about the graphic images on the cigarette packs, and I think uh, I must compliment here the government of India because uh, initially only the 20% of the package, like if you have a package of secret, only 20% of the package is being covered by that graphic warning. And the graphic warning was not that strict. But now 85% of both the sites, we have the graphic warning. So that means whenever a person uh, opens the pack, repeatedly sees that warning, And the various technical literature has shown that it has caused a reduction in tobacco use when they keep on repeatedly seeing this multiple times. This is number one. So this is one of the biggest uh, IEC or education for a tobacco user. And similarly, I think uh, we have multiple studies which have shown that showing those ads in theatres and showing that uh, small lines in theater is quite effective. But yes, in this today IT world, we need to innovate uh, different techniques which reaches to the youth. Because it is said that we have the mean age of the smoking as per the latest global tobacco survey as 19 years. That means on an average, a person starts smoking in 19 years. Initially, it was 18 years, 5 years back. So if you keep on increasing that age of initiation, this means people will not start smoking by that particular age. And we have seen that if you stop person from smoking cigarette or tobacco use at by 24 years, then there is only 5 to 10% chance of any individual starting smoking thereafter. So that is the thing which we want to show that is a purpose of uh, uh, reaching out to youth, to students. The biggest IC is like the Facebook and various uh, other Instagram or various other channels which are commonly being seen by the youth. And I think uh, uh, these, are the, these are the modern IT methods like uh, which uh, people use, the youth use and we should innovate our uh, uh, this IC or uh, education communication method uh, through
0: these while we are on the subject of messaging, it is important to talk about surrogate advertising. In India, while it is illegal to advertise a tobacco product directly, it is okay to advertise another product with the same name. For example, while a company cannot advertise a Gutkha brand, it can advertise a tobacco-free mouth freshener by the same name, and companies selling tobacco products have been using this loophole to their advantage. Even in the recently concluded T20 World Cup, a major advertiser was a pan masala that was endorsed by two major Hindi film stars. Clearly, these companies are not shy to spend big bucks on their marketing strategy. But have there been any cases filed in the courts about such surrogate advertising, Nandita? If yes, what have the courts said about such ads in their judgments?
2: Yeah, so as per the legal stand, ads of tobacco and liquor products have been banned in India since 1995. However, we continue to see the infamous ads with celebrities endorsing Pan Masala with catchy music and taglines. Like you rightly pointed out, these Pan Masala ads are advertised as mouth fresheners and it is these ads that the celebrities claim to endorse. In 2018, the Delhi government sent a show cause notice to the Hollywood actor Pierce Brosnan over his appearance in the advertisement for a Paan Masala brand. The notice issued demanded an explanation from him as to why is he endorsing a product that contains Arika Nut, a cancer-causing agent. The actor then responded that he was cheated by the Paan Masala company who did not disclose the hazardous nature of the product, but only Presented it as a mouth-freshening product to him Incidentally, Brosnan lost his wife of 11 years and his stepdaughter to ovarian cancer He further went on to say that his agreement with the company was over And he was ready to extend all kinds of support and cooperation To state tobacco cell department against such campaigns However, the other major Indian stars continue to be associated with Pan masala brands It was only recently that Amitabh Bachar also pulled out of a Pan masala endorsement deal After a huge public outcry
0: If we are to hypothetically talk about banning the sale and consumption of tobacco products in the country, many are quick to point out that such a move would mean a big blow to government revenue from the taxes on tobacco. But what does the data say? Is there enough evidence to support the claim that government revenue would take a big hit?
2: Right. So, in this hypothetical situation where the tobacco products are banned in India the government is set to lose, say, around 2.7% of its tax revenue that is levied on the tobacco products otherwise. While this figure seems to be a very big number, the causal effect of this tax revenue is that the government will probably spend equal amount, if not more, on the health expenditure of the consequences of tobacco use. These include cardiovascular diseases, lung diseases, cancers of lungs, mouth, lips, tongue and face, among other health risks. For instance, according to the ICMR, tobacco-related cancers accounted for 27% of the country's cancer burden in 2020. And as per WHO's recent study, India loses 1% of its GDP to diseases and early deaths from tobacco use. That is, if I have to break it down in layman terms, for every 100 rupees received as excise taxes from tobacco products, the Indian economy loses 816 rupees. And this was uh, reflective in the years 2016 and 17. In fact, a report titled Economic Burden of Tobacco-Related Diseases in India states that the tobacco-related diseases cost government over 1,4,500 crores in 2011. According to an RTI reply, this number is yet to be made public. That said, a blanket ban is unlikely to happen given that it is an important exportable commodity that brings revenue in foreign exchange. However, this argument on the blow to government revenue clearly overlooks the social and
0: economic costs of tobacco usage across the country. Right, that is an interesting point. But parallelly, there is also the issue of how many livelihoods would be affected by such a move. Several farmers, unskilled labourers and small business owners depend on tobacco cultivation and sales for their income. What does official data tell us about the likelihood of this being an important issue in the larger scheme of things?
2: Yeah, so tobacco industry definitely generates a large pool of employment opportunities. According to Tobacco Industry of India's fact sheet, It provides direct and indirect employment to more than 45.7 million people, around 70% of whom are in the agricultural sector. Although tobacco is farmed over, say, 0.24% of the cultivable area in India, Tobacco is a highly remunerative crop and India is the world's second-largest producer. However, it cannot be overemphasized that tobacco is a demerit good with negative consequences. The profitability of the crop comes at the cost of health and environmental hazards. Owing to the excessive taxation, illegal cigarette market is booming in India and has significantly affected tobacco farmers. This fall in demand has adversely affected the farmers who have already made huge investments in curing barns, infrastructure, among other things. And droughts also significantly affect the production of this water-intensive crop and consequently not receive the remunerable price for the same. This in turn has also led to farmer suicides in parts of Andhra Pradesh and Karnataka. Given the continuous exposure to tobacco, these farmers are prone to something called the green tobacco sickness which occurs through the exposure of the skin to dissolve the nicotine from the tobacco leaves. And they are exposed to pretty much other health hazards, which include lung-related problems, direct exposure to pesticides and fertilizers, among other things. Most field workers are also part of the unorganized sector. So, without any protective gear or access to healthcare or insurance, these farmers often pay a huge price especially in terms of health for the cultivation of tobacco. Again, going back to the point on the social costs, it is always the poorer households that are hit the worst. If I must draw a parallel, let me give you an analogy. Say for instance, the fossil fuel industry is also one of the biggest sector with the largest employment opportunities. But in the current context of climate change, the industry has to downsize irrespective of the volume of profits in, say, oil and coal, among other things. And there has been significant shift of employment opportunities to alternate sectors like, say, renewable and sustainable energy as well. So, similarly, it is high time to realize that however remunerative the tobacco industry is, the health and environmental hazards cannot be overlooked and immediate and sustainable policies or changes must be brought in place to cater to these uh, tobacco industry workforce and ensure that they're provided with alternate and safer sectors and not simply compensated or displaced from
0: the tobacco industry. One point that has come up twice in the conversation already is about stalling initiation of tobacco consumption by targeting youngsters. That leads me to wonder if it would be prudent to set an age limit for the buying of tobacco. Dr. Goel weighs in on this and a related important aspect, that of vendor licensing.
1: There are a few things which are in the pipeline with the government of India to increase the age limit for selling from 18 years. Currently, any person who is 18 years in a book can buy cigarette from tobacco shops. But we are actually propagating that we, the age should be increased to 21 years or 25 years, preferably 25 years, but if not 25 years, 21 years. In the line of alcohol, we need to decrease the accessibility. So, if uh, a person below 21 years or 25 years is not being allowed to be sold cigarettes, then they are not able to take that cigarette easily. This is number one. Then we are propagating for tobacco vendor licensing. That is another concept. Again, on the same concept as the alcohol licensing. We have an exclusive alcohol shop, but we don't have Specific tobacco shops at every nook and corner. We have the tobacco vendors so that again increases the availability in some of the states like uh, uh, in uh, West Bengal and in Chhattisgarh, so they have introduced this tobacco vendor licensing and they have allotted the tenders to only few shops and uh, like for example, they have selected an area Uh, in which uh, like in 500 meters or say 1 kilometer, there only one shop which should be there. And they should abide by all the guidelines. So, tobacco should not be present on every uh, nook and corner. So, that is another thing which uh, uh, we are propagating. Besides this age limit, increasing age limit to tobacco vendor licensing, I am not saying that ban is not useful. We should ban. But I was saying that besides ban, We should increase the awareness, keep on increasing the awareness and that is the most effective and sustainable way.
0: Tobacco does not discriminate between the rich and the poor. Both the chewer in a remote village and the cigarette smoker in an upscale city skyscraper are at the same risk of developing a fatal cancer. The first step in countering this is to spread awareness in the right direction so that everyone who picks up a bidi or Gutkha packet or cigarette knows what they are getting themselves and their loved ones into and hopefully puts it down before it is too late. As a step towards building the right kind of awareness, we've left a list of resource materials for you to read through in the description. Do go through these and share the links and this podcast with your loved ones. Until next time, take care. Stay safe and remember to unviral. Unviral by Factly is researched by Nandita Kalidos, written, hosted and produced by Parvati Mohan and edited and designed by Jyoti Jiru. Thank you for listening.